Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb sein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the Bundesliga Podcast. This is the Transfer Show. I'm Manufit, he's Stefan Bienkowski. First of all, Stefan, um, both had a nice long weekend, so I assume you're doing quite well. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Um, you're right, it was a nice long weekend. Felt like the kind of calm before the storm. Uh, I know there was some football on the weekend. Here in the UK, we had the Community Shield. Scottish football was back up and running. Um, but um, yeah, I had a very chilled weekend, actually. I went for a big hill walk on Saturday with my dog. Um, we got rained on. I got chewed to bits by midges, which are kind of like the Scottish version of mosquitoes. Uh, so I look like a Dalmatian, a red and white Dalmatian right now, um, from the from the legs down. Uh, but besides all that, I'm in very good mood. Uh, very, feeling very relaxed and ready to take on the new season. How are you feeling? Yeah, it's, it was nice. I, I took the, the, the Friday off, right? Thursday was my birthday, so I decided to take the next day off to recover from being 39 feel feel like I needed that um yeah and then Saturday I I did actually end up watching some some football um the, the Bundesliga is now completely in the zone in Canada and uh, which also means they carry all second division games so I I sat down and watched uh Schalke against Kaiserslautern uh got to see was it two or three goals two red cards um Schalke won the game of course so yeah, that was that was a nice Saturday activity. And other than that, yeah, just getting ready for the for the storm that's coming. Of course, I'm flying to Germany tomorrow on Wednesday uh, for the Super Cup. Um, really excited about that. Question though is Stefan, um, and I know our subscribers are desperate to hear this news. Is it going to be with or without Harry Kane? Uh, I think we're going to dedicate an entire show to this later this week, but. That's, I think, the question on everyone's mind. Is it going to be with or without Harry Kane? <laughs> can we, before before we do get into this, can we just stop and take note of how many trips is this you've now been on since the end of last season? Oh, my goodness. Um, so I went to Louisville. I went to, I just come back from San Diego and Vegas. Is that it? Oh, that can't be it. Oh, yeah, I went to Germany as well for the, the German Cup, right? Uh and the, the relegations. Yeah, I've been, it's been a busy summer. <laughs> so this is the fourth the fourth football-related trip in, what, two months, I guess? Three months? Maybe four. Two months. Maybe, yeah. Two months. Just shows the dedication, no? Yeah, no off-season for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's been good. I mean, like a lot of it has been really interesting. Um, I think the Dortmund trip, and I, I, we got a lot off of it, right? There was a lot of content, not just on the Substack, but also um, on Transfermarkt. And of course, I did an interview with Carsten Grammer uh, for Forbes, um, which I actually thought was quite interesting. So if you find that interesting, um, what he has to say about, you know, there was a lot of talk about what the Bundesliga has to do to grow its presence abroad. And um, 
Dortmund and Bayern have made some very, very clear statements in the last couple of weeks that Bundesliga teams are not doing enough, which is essentially what we have been saying for the greater part of this podcast, <laughs> Stefan, that there really needs to be done more. Um, so if you find that interesting, that's on Forbes with Carsten Grammer, uh, the CEO of Borussia Dortmund, who is, by the way, a really interesting person to talk to, not just about that, but football in general has a lot of knowledge. Um, so yeah, it was fruitful. Um, it just takes a little bit more dedication and a lot of patience sitting on various airports around the world. Yeah, well, look, hey, buddy, better you than me. I think you travel far better than I do. Um, <laughs> Two-hour flight to Germany is sometimes too much for me to stomach, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're happy to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have strategies now in place. Um, so, you know, most of the time I find something to do on a plane, whether it's a podcast, whether it's work. Um, two hours is a short flight. That's a hop. <laughs> very true. Very true. Although more often than not, when I'm flying to Munich, I have to go through Frankfurt, and the flight between Frankfurt and Munich is just pitifully uh, short. You know, before you're up, you're down. It's ridiculous. It feels like it's such a waste of time. But I guess it gets you from one <laughs> part of the country to That's the other. So... I love flying in Europe. It's like so short, so quick. When you like a short flight here is like three hours. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. All right, but we have lots to talk about. Um, let's dive in with with Kolomoani, um, who is, according to various reports, I think Florian Plattenberg from Sky has been the one that has been the the most active on reporting this, uh, among other things. Um, Kolomoani heading to PSG reportedly. Um, we assume he's going to be one of two players to replace Kylian Mbappe, um, who is still training separately from the first team. That is quite something. Um, I'm trying to think of a German equivalent here. It would be like Bayern Munich, I guess, sending Joshua Kimmich, Leon Goretzka, and Thomas Müller to the secondary <laughs> training group. Um I, I think this is quite extraordinary and I mean out, out of the context of this podcast but you know it does seem like that although PSG haven't sold Kylian Mbappe and we don't know what's going to happen with Kylian Mbappe they are quite busy planning a future without him and Gonzalo Ramos by all accounts seems to be done a uh, very prolific pace, uh, striker from Benfica that I, she, you and I have written quite a bit about the transfer market right um, but now Kolomoani seems to be next. Um, I think, honestly, it looks like that they, the way they're, they're structuring this, but bringing in two different players, um, you know, you can't replace Mbappe like for like. Kolomoani, I don't think, is a like for like replacement. He is, he does, he, even though he's quite tall, I don't think he's a typical number nine. That, that role falls more to Ramos, right? Um, he does come more from the wing. Um, he's very fast, he's very quick. Uh, I really, I really like his off the ball runs as well. Um, he's someone who provides a lot of assists. In fact, when he first came into the Bundesliga, he, he seemed more like an assist king rather than a striker. Um, but this is by no means a one for one replacement for Kylian Mbappe, um, Stefan. No, it's not. Um, I do. I completely agree with you. I think PSG are being quite smart in the sense that you know the many hands make light work. I guess is the old expression. Um, and, you know, trying to find a light for, like, replacement for Mbappe would be impossible. 
Cole Moani does kind of fit a lot of the profiles that Mbappe kind of embodies at PSG. You know, he is a Parisian uh, of birth. You know, he grew up at the, at the, in the city. He's obviously a French international, so he's already a bit of a kind of national star there in France. Maybe for all the wrong reasons recently, but of course he's still got a lot of goodwill. He's still a young enough player and promising player um, to kind of go on and be a really big player for the French national team going forward. Um, and yeah, I think it's really interesting. I actually also maybe wonder if PSG are looking at Komolani and thinking, well, yeah, he could play up front technically, even though he's not a kind of classic number nine, but he can kind of do what he's been doing for Frankfurt, where I guess it would be a bit like Mbappe in a sense that even though he's tasked with playing as a number nine, he likes to drift out wide, likes to kind of fill into the channels, and he likes to kind of offer um, passes as much as gold. Maybe Mbappe in recent years has kind of taken on a more goal scoring role because of just his sheer presence and his profile and the fact that you know he's on the pitch to score goals you know I wouldn't ex- I wouldn't expect Cole Milani to immediately change overnight but I think maybe what's also interesting about Cole Milani and then if you add Dembele who they've also expected to sign from Barcelona into the fixture here then you've near enough got a front three there where Cole Milani can play off the left Dembele can play off the right and Ra- Ramos can play through the middle um, and I think that's important because not only is there reports that Mbappe could be moving on, but there's also reports that Neymar um, might be looking to move on as well this summer. We did a video on YouTube about it uh, on the Transformers YouTube channel not so long ago, actually, uh, looking at why he should or shouldn't move on now that Messi and potentially Mbappe have moved on. But anyway, this is a Bundesliga podcast, so I'll get back to Frankfurt. I just kind of think it's important to kind of contextualize all that because I think Frankfurt are probably sitting one thinking. Well, not only would they maybe want Kolo to replace Mbappe or to compensate for Mbappe's departure, but they might also need him if Neymar decides to move on as well. Because Kolo can play both those roles. So, you know, I think he's a player in huge demand. He was linked with Man United. He's been linked with Bayern Munich. We don't know if the latter might come back in for him if the Harry Kane thing falls through. I personally don't think he'd be a good fit at Bayern, but, you know, that's, that's never stopped a club from spending needless amounts of money on a player um, because some guy in a podcast said it's a bad idea. Um, so I don't know. I I'm, I have I'm, I must admit over the course of the summer I have kind of gone back and forth on whether Frankfurt should, you know, sell Komolani. You look at his stats, you look at his numbers last season, and there's just no doubt that that team would probably fall apart without him. Um, but at the same time, I do kind of wonder if, you know. It's that kind of idea of striking why the iron's hot, isn't it? And I do kind of, you know, we've seen Frankfurt over the course of the last kind of five or ten years, they do have players who do kind of come up out of nowhere and suddenly become star players. You did an excellent kind of newsletter last week on Sebastian Haller on this topic, actually, and you mentioned, you know, his success uh, previously in the Bundesliga and how not only did he kind of just kind of just kind of spart into life, but he also brought players like Rebic into attack as well. Do I remember who? Can't remember who the third player was. It completely lost my mind. Look, it's look, Jovic, Luka, Jovic, Luka, Jovic. Yeah. And you just look at that. Both of them, they haven't done anything since, right? Well, so. well, well, exactly. And I wonder if that Frankfurt board are thinking, well, do you know, do we have another Sebastian Haller on our hands here? Which not say he's a bad player by any means, but it, but it does mean. You know his stock could dramatically change very quickly, and if Cole Moani doesn't score another thirty goals and assists next season, he's going to be worth half what he's worth right now. And that might seem a little alarmist, but I actually think that's the kind of fickle business that football is these days. And 
as soon as you're out of the limelight and all of a sudden people are thinking, oh, hold on a minute, he's actually 25 or he's 24. He's no longer got that kind of nice polished gleam about him because people still think of him as a young player. Um, things can change very quickly. And, you know, I must admit, I do kind of, you look at that Frankfurt squad and although on paper, in terms of stats, there was no one to kind of step in for Kolohani, you look at the players that they do have in attack and, you know, there's, there's, there's room to work with there. They've obviously got, you know, I think Lindstrom's perhaps the most obvious one, but Mario Goza has kind of grown into a kind of um, senior role. Uh, they've also picked up now from Dortmund on a full-time contract. And, you know, they do technically still have two or three strikers and, you know, Rafael Bora, Marmouche, Lucas Alario. I know not all these players aren't going to be sticking around this summer, but there are options there. And, of course, once they, if they do kind of get to cash in on Colmolani, then they could probably pick up about four or five new attacking players relatively easily. So I'm not so sure. I think if I'm Frankfurt, I'm probably thinking the, the most amount of money they could ever get for Colomani is probably what they would get this summer. And maybe, if you look at it that way, maybe, is, maybe now is the best time to sell them. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.